<laughs> okay. Well, I am Bernita Glenn White, and I am an assistant professor of mathematics education. But all of this started because my mom saw me as a teacher, and I never wanted to be a teacher. I started off as a computer engineer major. And I did that all through middle school and high school and got accepted to the engineering program at the University of South Florida. But it was fun in high school, but it wasn't so much fun in college. And my mom was like, you're supposed to be a teacher. And I was like, whatever, they don't make any money. But I grew up watching my mom teach Bible study and Sunday school and all of that. And even though she was um, a dental assistant, but she still had a passion for teaching. So I've always watched her, but I was like, I'm not gonna be a teacher, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember being in undergraduate class, a friend of mine had went there a year before me. We went to the same high school mm-hmm. and we ended up in the same com- programming class. And we were sitting there like, wait a minute, <laughs> this is not fun anymore. So you mean for the rest of my life, I'm gonna have to like look for commas and colons in this programming. And so we looked at each other, and as soon as that class was over, we both went to change our majors. And we both changed to mathematics. So we were like, well, what are we going to do with just math degrees? So we ended up double majoring in secondary education and mathematics. And then so I called my mom, and she was like, I could have saved y'all the trouble if you would have listened to me in the first place. (laughs) So eventually, I went through and did that. And I had a great career in K-12 education. And then there was still a tug at me. And I was working in a high needs high school. And we always had people coming in from the state and the district telling us that, you know, we can't do this and that. And I was like, wait a minute, none of you all have mathematics degrees. So how are you gonna tell me and my teachers what we need to do? So I was like, hmm, I'm gonna go get a doctorate degree. Yeah. Didn't even make plans for it. And my my thing was I was gonna get a doctorate, probably like in something in education. But then I was like, wait, all of them have doctorates in education. No one has a content. So I was like, hmm, well, I can already do math, so let me go and do that. So like October of 2012, I was like, okay, I think I'll no, it was 2011 because my mom passed Jane. February of 2012 so so she knew I was like I'm thinking about going to get this degree and she was like I think you should do it and then I was supposed to go take the GRE that December and we got the news that she wasn't going to last that long so I bombed the GRE I was like I can't do this and I told my mom and for some strange reason I got accepted (laughs) in that January then my grandfather had passed because they passed three weeks apart Wow. And I was like, for me, I'm gonna have to, if I got accepted, I got accepted, I have to quit my job and go full time. And I was like, with you being sick and people are just passing and all of this, and grandma's not working, what am I supposed to do? And so she was like, go to school, gotta make a way. Oh, you're gonna make me tear up. Yes. So I was like, I said, okay, I'll go to school. Had no way of how I was gonna pay for it or anything. And someone I met, they told me about this fellowship. Long story short, I ended up going to school for free. So I I had to make the decision. My mom passed that February and she was like, you better keep going. And then I started school that following August. Look at that. Right, so I was like, well, I gotta keep going. So I did all of that. 
And I was like, it was a lot of drama that happened in my doctoral program, which should be another book, by the way. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't want to be a professor because I'm a glorified teacher. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, obviously, God, whatever you have me to do, I'll, I'll surrender and just go through this. And while I still had trials and tribulations, I can see how earning that doctorate degree in teaching is opening up the doors to so many things. So she was right all along if I just didn't fight <laughs> what she said. And we're good for that. Yes. We are good for that, for the pushback. But like she said, you step out on faith and God will make a way. And exactly. he did that. That is awesome. So what is your, or what do you feel is your life's purpose and why you're so passionate about what you do? Um, through your degree and now writing your book? Oh, wow. This is a great question because I have been struggling with this for years. Wow. Not years, but once I became an assist a, a professor at a university because I was like, it's a lot happening in our education system and we have so much knowledge at universities, but it tends to stay in yeah. that little area. And me coming from K-12, coming into higher ed and then looking back at K-12, I was like, you mean to tell me all of this knowledge and nothing is changing? Like, this this is crazy to me. Yeah. So we write journals, we do publications, but it's the same people reading <laughs> and nothing ever happens. So yeah. I've been on this journey, like there has to be something bigger than me just being this professor teaching the same type of kids semester after semester. And I've just been doing like a lot of personal development. Um, I got introduced to the world of like coaching and life coaching. I was like, whoa, this is a real thing. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't see myself right now as a life coach, but the work that people do in this area fascinates me. And I was like, I want to do that. But for my industry, how in the world am I going to do that? So the more that I've been around people who do that, I, I can kind of see it opening oh, up. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So I just figured this out, I promise, last night. <laughs> so my life purpose, I said all that to say, my life purpose is really to get more people into STEM education, whether that's either college or career path, and really focusing on the innovation and creativity behind that, not so much the disciplines. Also, diversity and inclusion. That is a big thing I just came from Toledo, Ohio, talking to a group of administrators about the importance of diversity and inclusion starting at the K-12 level and that's how we end up in the career college and career sector yeah. and then ultimately you can't do any of that if you don't have your personal self together personal development so it's the integration of those three things because I'm like you can't go into STEM if you don't have a strong sense of self you can't yeah. be a great educator if you don't have a strong sense of self so yeah. all three of those things I want to educate people on and that's my life's purpose that was very well said because most people struggle with even expressing that and um you did it well because there is a great need for stem yeah. and and you can't operate in those areas without knowing truly who you are yeah. and your life's purpose exactly you know and i sit back and i watch my husband because he loves 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 what he does um in engineering and, and 
working with young kids in STEM. And this all came about when we had our last child, which that's a whole nother topic. We have a 26-year-old, 25-year-old, and now a five-year-old. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and homes, making the choice to homeschool her and watching her creativity and watching how she thinks and how she moves about, we both were like, yeah, the public school system is failing our kids. Yes. I don't want her to be an aptitude test. Yeah. I don't want her to sit in a classroom with 26, 28 other students and let her creativity die because it's this regimented type of teaching that's not allowing her to explore yes. other areas that she may be interested in. Exactly. So yeah, to have him on that side, to have me on the side that I'm on, the healthcare, um, being an adjunct professor years back, um, <laughs> like you said, your life's purpose, you never really know until you start moving in areas that God has specifically put you on that path to do so I love 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 what you said um now I know you have you mentioned uh your your mother yes telling you to go to school and and you're going to be a teacher but was there something you personally experienced that helps um push you in this direction yes great question I actually love sharing knowledge I've always loved sharing knowledge. I love researching things, even before I knew what researching was. <laughs> I love like hearing people have a problem, going to find it, say, hey, I can go figure it out. I got an answer for you, let me show you. Because and that's the other part, like, I didn't just want to tell people, one, because I didn't want you to keep coming back to me. Yeah. So I was like, let me show you what I did so you can go do it yourself. <laughs> yes, that is so I never really, just saw myself as just like a teacher yeah but I've always did that my grandmother's like you're so bossy and telling people what to do it's like what like people are not your kids and I don't have any kids but she said (laughs) I I would always like have some kind of rules or structure or like this is what you need to do follow what I say (laughs) (laughs) here's step by step all you have to do is follow now that's funny because I can tell other people to do that and then it takes a lot for me to do that but (laughs) I'm like my worst student sometimes but yeah it's always been like that I always wanted to explain things to people and I got excited when I found out that people got it and this was long before I wanted to be an actual teacher okay I was always with my mom, like I said, during Bible study when she would do her things. And that's what the the book is. When she would do her little icebreakers and just watching like, oh, my gosh, you really made that connection. That was so cool to me. So so that's where it really, really started. Okay. And I love that because my husband says I'm demanding and I'm bossy. Um, but I, I, I stand on that if I show you how to go do a thing. You never have to keep coming back to me for me to keep showing you. Exactly. And you're learning yourself. But he says that all the time. You can research a thing to death. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I, I love to seek and, and understand for myself. Yes. And I want others to be able to do that thing too. So I love that. Um, 
now, what is the title of the book? So that, that's a good question. So we don't have one yet. My sister and I are still trying to figure this out. And like I said, we've been trying to do this project forever, okay. but it was just so emotional. Like my mom wrote some handwritten notes and mailed them to herself. And I found them wow. going through her things because she really wanted to write this book. Don't have a title. She didn't write a title. And then while I was on a personal development trip, I came across a young lady, Shaniqua Johnson, who does Stronger Through Faith Publishing. Yeah. And we had spent like all this time together and she never told me she was a publisher. Yeah. Until like one day we was just out on the beach and I was just talking and she said, oh, I do that. So we don't have a title yet, but she was like, just write because yeah. I'm so technical and, and, you know, like to be in sequence. She was like, this, you can't be like that. So, cause she was like, small things are hanging you up. Cause I was like, well, I don't have a title, so I can't write. So she was like, ignore that. So now I'm just writing to get everything out. And then she was like, it'll come. So we don't have an official title yet. We've been throwing some things around, but there's no title <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay. So share with the audience a, I know you briefly talked about it, but share with the audience a brief synopsis of okay. what it's about. So like I said before, my mom was a Sunday school superintendent and a Bible study teacher. And her whole thing was making the Bible practical to young people. So what she would do, she would take just the simplest thing, like an icebreaker, and connect it back to the Bible so middle school and high school kids would get it. She did this for adults too when she would go travel and be her evangelistic self, but mainly her passion was for young people to get the word of God. So for example, I'll use, she had one about a kidney and my mom was very visual. So she would literally go get a beef kidney from somebody's market, bring it into the class, and say, look, and all the kids were like, ew, gross, Miss Connie, stop. And so she was like, what do you think the kidney does? And I was like, oh gosh, this is why we need more education in the schools, because kids didn't know. But anyway, <laughs> so it's supposed to purify <laughs> So she would tell them, like, you know, you have to be careful about what you're putting through your body and filter through, because if you're putting junk through your body, then your kidneys are shut down. So it's just like if you don't put the living water, the word of God into your life to fill yeah. your body, then you can't function properly. Yeah. So she say stuff like that and give them a scripture. So now the kids are like, oh my gosh, I need to make sure my kidneys are together yeah. because I make sure I function. Yeah. Another thing she would do like chicken feet and she would bring chicken feet into the church. And she was like, see, chickens don't care where they step. They step in everything. And she was like, that's some of y'all. Y'all go step in mess. <laughs> So it was like a lot of little things like that. And then as I'm writing, um, I kind of tie in some of the lessons that my sister and I learned directly from her by watching her through that process. So it's a combination of this is the icebreaker that she did a little bit about who she was as a person and how she was as a mother and how people saw her from their, from learning from her. And then we threw in some scriptures about how those two things connect. So I'm putting all of that together. That is absolutely beautiful. Um, I love how your mother, I, I absolutely <laughs> love that because see, that that's me. <laughs> you got, I need you to see this, to get it in here. 
Yes. And the only way for you to really get it, because me saying it, some people just not going to get the two. It's not going to connect. And I love that. Um, because it really um, gets down deep into a person, especially with bringing in the word in its simplest form. Yes. And that's what that's so yes, and and I love Bible teaching like that. All these people who get way up here, <laughs> you miss me on a whole lot because that's that's so not how God is. Right. It's like I'm I'm real simple and down to earth and laid back. Y'all just don't know. So I I love that. So share share with 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 us. When can we expect? to be able to purchase the book when will we hear more about the book because i know there are going to be some listeners that are going to want this um churches for their their bible programs because this sounds like it's going to be something that's going to benefit a lot of bible uh, students as well as the Bible classes, the Sunday school classes, if some churches still have Sunday school. I'm not sure. I know, some right? Don't. Um, but if they're like us, we have our own family Bible study okay. at home um, because our church doesn't have, they have the kids Bible class, which they do stories there, but they don't call it Sunday school anymore. Maybe I'm just old school. No, some things, like I go through, I go to like different churches and they're contemporary, but it's something about having that tradition yes. <laughs> that I, I, I do miss. Yeah. So, okay, so Shaniqua gave me like the release date for October 15th. And now that I put it out there, it really has to happen. Okay. So, oh, so of, this of this year, because I asked her, I said, I need it. I said, because now 2019 is seven years since my mom passed. Seven is a year of completion. Yeah. And it has to be done in 2019. Okay. So, um, yes, I'm working on it. I've already started that process. And I said, is this doable? She said, yes. So we're planning October 15th. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. For the release. <laughs> For the release. And okay. the reason why she said it was possible, because we talked about this in July. The reason why she said it was possible because my mom had already kind of written out a roadmap and I was struggling because I was like, I don't think it's enough. I want to add. And she was like, stop adding. She was like, I'm pretty sure what your mom has is enough. And then whatever God wants to download at that time, let it be. So I've been working on it like every day or every other day. And and she's right. It has been flowing a lot faster. And I'm like, this has been like six years. Why can't I do this before? but it wasn't time. So yeah. she said it's possible. And the, and now I'm looking at it, it may end up being two books. I don't know. So I'm excited, but I know the first part, definitely our goal is October 15th of 2019. Okay. And it's August. So, okay. Right. It's August. And, and when I talk to her, I, it's, it's possible. And I have to do it before my birthday because I always wanted to write a book before I turned while I was 35. Okay. So I'm 35 now. I'll be 36 in September. So I really like September 26. Okay. So I have to really make sure it's completed while I'm still 35. Yeah. And being an author myself, I have to say uh, it is doable. 
Well, thank you. It's doable. Um, even in the midst of whatever doubt, whatever fear, whatever questions that may come up in your mind, because I know it's whirling with it all the what ifs. Yes. Let God work because by the time you look up, you'll be like, oh, that was how my little one said, easy peasy. <laughs> it will go, it'll be a smooth transition. Thank you. And uh, yeah, yeah. Because Shanika and I had an awesome, awesome conversation regarding her publishing company and, and a lot of the the authors that are coming through. Um, and she even challenged me. Um, I was like, wait, I'm, I'm doing an interview here. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I, I accept those things um, because I've been sitting on three that I need to finish. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and I want to make sure that I do that before my father gets ready to say, I miss my, my, my baby and I'm ready to go home with her, so. Right. Um, yeah, so it, it is doable, so I'm going to be looking out for all of the, all of the social media promotions and I marketing. Know. I have to, I know, that's scary. That's so scary it to me. Is, but it's rewarding. Yeah. It, very rewarding and I figure so I've been trying to do like my own business and everything else and things have been like not working out and then that's when I felt God said well if you do what I told you to do regarding your mom and and that's what I told Shaniqua I was like I feel like I can't move on until I honor that and I was like I don't want that to be my first book and it was like it's not about you so it's not and you put a (laughs) mouthful right there that last statement you said because it's not about us and when we don't listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit we find ourselves taking all of these turns and detours when God said I told you to do it like this to begin with it would have been so easy Um, yeah because and there's nothing wrong with that because we learn lessons along the way Yes. Yes, nothing is lessons better. are good. However. However, <laughs> things could be a little smoother for us if we just listen and say, Lord, I'm taking the first step. I don't know what's ahead of me, but I'm gonna take the first step because I did the same thing with my first book in 2012 when I had my book signed. Wow. Uh, and he told me to write it in 2008 and I was like, nope. <laughs> not doing it and that's how I talked to God I was like I'm not yes. doing it right. and all I kept hearing is write the book I was like okay Jesus you have got to be out your mind I'm not writing this book because of, of the content mm. of the book and sitting at home back then I was a single mother and sitting at home in my house by myself I heard the Lord say it's not for you mm. Yeah. and I was like well who is it for <laughs> Yes, we want to know all the answers. Who is it for? But he clearly said it's for the millions of other women mm. who are going through it right now. Wow. They need it. And I didn't realize writing the book on escaping an abusive marriage would be would put me in a position where I got let go from corporate America. Wow. 
and God said, okay, you have no excuse now. <laughs> Write your book. Right. But in the midst of being let go, I finished my book in six months and got called to come and teach at a college and teach in healthcare, which is the field I love, and go back to school and finish my degree and start my business, have the book signing. So all of this, and it went like, were there times I wanted to quit? Yes. Were there times that I wanted to cry? I did. Yes. Because I was like, God, this is like a lot. And this is therapy, but this is therapy I don't want to go through. Exactly. But in the end, I didn't realize there was someone who had bought my book and read it who had wrote the play to my book. Oh, wow. So you never know. Oh, that's encouraging. Who needs your book and who's going to take it and do so many things with it because honestly, I'm sitting here thinking about your book and I'm thinking about places that it needs to be uploaded already as I'm, I'm dead serious. As a Bible study, not just for kids, but a Bible study planning oh, wow. for whether churches want to use it or people at home. Because if they're educators, my husband used to teach college. If they're educators like us, we look for things like that. I look for things like that as a homeschooler to incorporate as my child is learning from home. I never thought about that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So there, there is a lot. So never out of this <laughs> one little old book, <laughs> you never know what's gonna come out of it. So. Share with us, are you working on any uh, new projects right now, other than the book? Yes. So, although I work at a university, and I'm realizing that things can change in an instant. Yes, it can. (laughs) (laughs) So, I want to make sure I'm in a position to where if something does change, I am okay. Like I said, I didn't want to be a professor, but now that I'm in it, I can see the possibilities. But that doesn't mean I have to limit myself. That's right. So, like, I'm an educator. So now I'm working on, like, I've had an LLC for, like, (laughs) since 2016. Uh Uh-huh. But now I'm just now working on making sure that's an actual business. So I've... I spoke at conferences all across the country and that's because that's what we do in the in the job and I'm like why should I be speaking for free not, not there's nothing wrong with speaking for free but I'm speaking to people that already know the same thing over and over and then like I said once I got into this world of people doing life coaching I'm like wait y'all are just talking to people and people are listening and paying you all telling them to get together for their life and I was like I have like content content and I'm like oh my gosh I can do that Yes. So I'm transitioning to like I want to be like a real speaker I want to have like other courses that are not just for the university I want to you know work with corporations on training and development so I'm really focusing on building an industry of training and development around STEM diversity and personal development mm. yes and mm. then I actually want, like, people like, open up a school, and I was like, no, it's a competition with schools. I don't want a school. However, there's a need for after school. 
but after school in a way that's not the traditional after school. Exactly. I've had that idea since 20, I don't know, probably 08. Okay. Like, yeah, whatever. We got YMCA, we got Boys and Girls Club, but no, it needs to be something very different. And I, so it's like, it's a lot, but right now I'm focusing on the training and development, but I still have plans to have some sort of center because it's in me. I can't get away from it. It's like doctors have their own practices. It's kind of like I need to have my my own kind of center, but yeah. not a school because I'm like, it's a, it's a million school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're so frustrated with the education system. And I was like, we can't be frustrated. We have to fix it. So that's what I want my um, training and development to be because we have better people who are better people themselves who are smart and know their content. Yes. <laughs> because people keep trying to get away from content. <laughs> <laughs> then we can have better educators. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, that makes sense. It, it makes sense. Thank you. Because it took me forever to be able to verbalize that. Yeah, it does. It, I, I get it. Um, I'm tired of seeing the usual after-school programs. It's, yeah. it's a glorified babysitter. Baby. It is. Yeah, and, our, and our kids, like when you talked about your daughter and her creativity, that's the the entire thing. And and I felt guilty because I was a sixth grade teacher, then transitioned to high school and college. And it's like I knew the things I wanted to do with my students, and yeah. sometimes I did, but the the way the system was, I really couldn't do it. Exactly. And then I was like, well, forget it. So I became a rebel teacher. And then when I was in high school, I had, I was over 17 mathematics teachers. And I was like, hey, just do it. I'll take the heat. And I love that. So it was like to do more of that, to let teachers be teachers or yeah. just not even in the school system, just where anybody who's a trainer, yeah. just let people express and create. Yes. You'll be surprised at what can happen. Oh gosh, yes. Yes. So so we have to let children be innovative and creative. That's right. That's right. We're killing it, and we can no longer kill oh it. My goodness. Oh my goodness! Yes. You are speaking my language <laughs> because I was that rebel educator, teaching people in in the realm of healthcare, medicine, and majority of my class, each cohort was saying. I eventually want to start my own business. I want to be, I want to start my own billing company or my own coding company, or I want to do ABC. And I said, okay, let's look at the curriculum. And they're like, there isn't one. Mm. So I said, oh, okay. Went home because then I was coaching part-time. I was a life coach and a business coach part-time didn't have my certification at the time and I saw a need I saw a problem and I said well I'm gonna be the one with the solution <laughs> right so I started incorporating that into my exam and their exam was to create their own business and I laid out the whole syllabi and I said okay and they're like what now you have to present it to me as if I'm an investor wow and you're gonna get graded on it and most of these were women who didn't have a lot of money. They were transitioning from uh, 
factory job to something in healthcare. And I said, okay, well, let's go on a scavenger hunt. We're going to go to the Salvation Army. You're going to find your entire interview outfit for less than $20. So it, there were things that was incorporated and there were some teachers who didn't like it, some professors who didn't like it. So they went and told on me, but you know, of course, I welcome it. Like, what can he do? Tell me you gotta go. Okay, well, I'm gonna take this somewhere else. Right. But he did the opposite. The president of the, of the college said to me, who told you to do this? I said, my students. Right. Because they needed it and it wasn't in here. I said, you all are just producing people to go and work for someone else. You're not producing them to say, eventually, I want to have my own. And he looked at me, I was like, so go ahead, tell me what it, do, do I still have my job here or do I need to go to the He was like, no, I need more of what you're doing and I need the others to follow suit. I was like, okay, all right then. So keep doing that. I love that. Keep doing that. Um, Yeah, our kids need that. And I go to to schools and I sit and I watch. And it's hurtful. Yes. Um, Not just to see the frustration of the teacher, but to see the frustration of the student how tired the students are, how regimented they are, and still not learning what they should be. We're producing more consumers than creators. Yes. And we need to break away from that, you know? That's what I'm working on. Because like I said, being a professor, I was like, oh my gosh. That's why I had to come to higher ed because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm part of the problem now because I'm producing these teachers. Yes. And it has been a shift like at the beginning of this year and I just shifted everything. I was like, I can't do this because, you know, you do certain things because I'm on tenure track and I was like, okay, God, I can't do this because tenure track and that's when God said, well, who, who's your resource? All right. Like, oh, all right. All right. Like, do what I told you to do and think I sent you to this school because I was trying, I applied to 35 schools and didn't get not one interview or job. Wow. And I was like, seriously, God, you had me go through this program, give up my job. Then I had to go back to K-12 for almost a year. And then I was like, I can't do this. And I set out with no job. Thank God for grandma. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was like, you got me here. And he was like, exactly. I got you here. So do what I tell you to do and stop worrying about tenure track. That's right. Because if they decide to let me go, they'll get somebody right back in the following semester. So I might as well do what I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do for real. And I look at my students and I was like, I can't keep producing the same type of teacher because a lot of people are focusing on the students aren't learning, the students aren't learning. I said they're not learning because teachers aren't teaching. And I said sometimes it's no fault to the teacher. I said, because now that I'm in higher ed, this is higher ed. (laughs) We're pumping out these people. (laughs) So we got to change our approach of educators. Yes. Because, you know, we're blaming the students. I was like, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. Showing up, it's the person in front of them. And I remember as a sixth grade teacher, I used to complain about my students. And I had a principal say, 
I don't, don't you ever say these kids you gave me. He's like, you have them from August to May. And it's what you do from August to May. And I said, it only took one time for me to hear that and to feel that conviction. And I gave those kids everything I had from that day forward. Wow. Because like, I can't control what's on the outside. I can only control them here. That's right. And, and that means I can't do the normal school day. I got to put some work in. That's right. Training our teachers to put some work in. Right. <laughs> any right. child can learn. You know, I've seen it. Any child can literally learn anything. Yes. The educator that has to, to yes. do this. Oh, gosh, yes. And people think homeschool is just sitting there. Uh-uh. No, that's... <laughs> because then that's your own child. Yes. <laughs> harder. <laughs> Ooh, but it's rewarding. I have to take that, okay, let me just woo-saw this moment. Um, because, yeah, yeah, you're... Oh, gosh. that That is something so needed. And I pray that your after schools not only reside in, in South Florida, but they become all over. Oh, thank um, you. Because we do great. need them. We we do need them. Uh, my husband currently wants to do some things like that because he's one of few black engineers in Michigan, where we are in Grand Rapids. Um, so that, for people here, it's kind of like a, <laughs> like a, whoa, wait a minute. You have that kind of education? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you have that kind of brain. So that would be something so awesome to see um, all over, all over to see the change. This has been a very, very rewarding and awesome interview with you. And I hate that we have to close, but <laughs> bring it into a close. What are two things that you can leave our audience with that will not only challenge them, but will inspire them? Wow, that's great. Well, one thing, and I've led with this at the recent conferences that I've done, is everyone should find their personal mission statement. You know, businesses and corporations, they have them, but we should have them as our own. And one of mine is to transform the learning experiences of a billion educators, a billion students. And everything I do is coming from that mission statement, you know, so that's why I said, if you have a personal mission statement, then you can walk in with integrity, integrity through any situation. So that's one thing I encourage everyone to do that. And the other thing that I'm just learning for myself, any idea that you have, just do it. Because mm. everything else will line up. Right. And, and I'm still working through that, but I can see the evidence of that happening. Any idea, I don't care how crazy it sounds, just start it because then you'll get directed and redirected you know, people say universe, I say God, but it will it will shift you and mold you if you just take that step. Right. And well, I guess three things and be and don't be attached to outcomes. Yes. Because as a you know, I guess a mathematician and educator, all of that, I'm attached to outcomes. Like that's what you're trained to do. Yeah. But in the world, if you want to impact the world, you can't be attached because you may not see it. So you just 
do the work and it'll it'll go where it's supposed to go but you can't say well i don't want to do it because i don't know if it's going to impact this person that's not your job so have your mission your personal mission statement do any crazy idea that you think just start and then just be detach yourself from outcomes those were awesome thank you and i have to take that last one for myself <laughs> I'm, I'm personalized yeah. I personalize that because I get yeah, I'm a work in progress. So am I. <laughs> Detach myself from the outcome because if I can, I gotta see it. Yes. I'm like, Lord, I got to see it. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Get the how out of it. And I'm like, but wow, I need to know. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. So, how can people get in touch? and get in contact with you. Share with the audience how they can get in contact with you if they want you to come and speak or want to hire you to do the personal development. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, I'll give them just my regular email first because all of this, I have changed my socials to, okay, get out there. So just my regular email and then I'll attach my socials when they get real. So it's my first, the first letter of my name, so V, Glenn White, so V-G-L-E-N-N-W-H-I-T-E at gmail.com. All right. So that's, all you know, right. that's, that's like my personal email. Okay. So you all heard it here. First, if you are looking to hire Dr. V to come and speak or do a training, you all know how to get in contact with her, go connect with her on um, social media or send her an inquiry via email um, again and we thank you for tuning in to Chocolate Chat Cafe Candid Conversations and you all have an awesome awesome day <laughs>